Graham, I don't hate Tom Brady. Do you hate Tom Brady? Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. I definitely hate Tom Brady. You got a big dream board with like it's just got Tom Brady's head on it and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're such a huge Bills fan, when was the last time you were this excited about a Buffalo Bills signal caller? I would say never. Never felt this optimistic at all. The future of the franchise is locked in. Let's talk Bills. I'm Graham, and it's finally the offseason, Eric's favorite time of year. You ready, man? This is the best, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year. I have to be a special type of person to be excited for this crap. Hey, man, it's optimism season, baby. Uh, Anything can happen. You could change the fortunes of your entire franchise with a good offseason. We've seen it time and time again. Have we, though? Because every team seems to think they can do it, and then the Chiefs just win it. So what's changing, really? That's that's a good point. Damn. Well, I was just gonna say I'm trying right, to build burst up as your much optimism. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to build up as much optimism as possible because I really uh right now, looking at the state of this roster, am not feeling so great. So I'm really just trying to like hold out hope that the Bills are able to finagle some uh a masterpiece of an offseason and put themselves in a good position to uh enter the two thousand twenty four season. But well, You're making it hard. Pretty early in the offseason for people like me to to really care that much about all the little tweaks that you might be talking about here. But we can at least get into, I think, uh, the guys that the Bills are going to lose probably and maybe discuss which of them they should try to retain because we've all seen that the salary cap is going up by $30 million next season, which is like a record even in terms of the percentage of the yeah. previous year's cap. So. Hopefully that makes some space for some of these guys because the Bills are losing a lot of pretty important people. Yeah, uh, important dudes, big time uh, contributors in a lot of cases. Before we get to the players, though, we should probably talk about the coaching staff real quick because we didn't really. Yeah, we haven't met since before the Super Bowl, right? So uh, we do have to say that the Joe Brady offensive coordinator Hiring was made official. The Bills also hired or promoted, how do you say his last name? Bobby Babich? I think it's Babich. Babich. Yeah. Bobby Babich, the uh, linebackers coach, was promoted to defensive coordinator. Maybe that's going to take some of the uh, pressure off of Sean McDermott in tight game situations. The Bills did lose, however, Eric Washington. He went to the... Chicago Bears, I think, as their defensive coordinator. He was a defensive line coach in Buffalo and, you know, seemed to have done a pretty good job helping to develop AJ Epinesa in the last couple of years and uh, getting Greg Rousseau up to speed. But the Bills say goodbye to him. Really, though, I've just been kind of clicking refresh on the feed over and over again to see what they decide on Matthew Smiley because it's ridiculous that this guy still got a job that should have been the first thing they did i mean i think they should have fired him before i pulled out of the parking lot after that loss to the chiefs but he's still around so yeah we'll see what happens there uh coaching staff yep a couple changes there what are your thoughts on brady remaining the offensive coordinator you think that's a good move yeah i think it is a good move i think uh the bill's 
took on a different look halfway through the season once he uh, uh, got in there. But the thing that really, I don't know, I wouldn't say worries me so much as the thing I'll be curious to see heading into the 2024 season, if Stefan Diggs is even on this roster, according to all the chatter about his situation, is how uh, Joe Brady finds a way to integrate him into the offense. Because obviously after it's been well document, documented at this point, after his elevation to you know, the Bills play caller, he didn't really find a way to get Stefan Diggs involved in the game plan each and every week. So, or at least open him up to, to be his most effective. So see how that works out. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm fine with them letting Joe Brady take the reins. It's kind of like Ken Dorsey. Like he stepped in, showed that he could do some good stuff. Let's see if he can do it over a long period of time. And it didn't work out with Dorsey, but you're kind of doing it again with Brady. In my mind, it's a very similar situation so hopefully he can keep things fresh for a longer period of time than Dorsey could the Diggs thing I mostly blame Diggs I think they chose to use him as a decoy in a lot of situations which helped the offense to get going but when he did get opportunities he had drops key drops in big moments and so you can't be pointing fingers he's gonna be a big time question this offseason because you gotta wonder if the Bills think that he's worth holding on to at this stage in his career and, and um, with how limited his impact on the offense was in the last half of the season. It's like, do you kind of just get what you can for him uh, and trade him to a team that's kind of desperate to set up a, a young pass catcher with some options? Or do you hang on to him and, and keep that huge cap number on the roster? It's I don't know. That's, for that's the future sets your offense up. And then what? You re-sign Gabe Davis, or you let him go too, and you start next year with just no one at wide receiver. I say they go. With, I say they go with the Chiefs' plan. You got <laughs> Dalton Kincaid. You got Dawson Knox. You have Baby Legs, and you just totally revamp the receiver room around Baby Legs. No, I disagree with that yeah. plan. I think you use up Diggs's last year to acclimate some new stud receiver that they'll go draft in the in the first round this year. I hope. And then you let him go next year, and the new guy is your number one, hopefully, after a year of not having to be that. Because Diggs is still a great receiver. He's not as clutch as he was in his first few years in Buffalo. And maybe he just had a bad couple months, and next year he's back to his regular old self. Who knows? But I think having a guy like that provides a lot of leeway for young receivers and for Josh to get their feet under him when you know things aren't going perfectly. So. I think if you can keep his ego in check, you use him up for one more year. But I disagree with you on two counts there. I think it is a total shot in the dark to say that, that he is still a great receiver because evidence from the last two months, as you mentioned, points to the fact that he is no longer a great receiver, especially if you're saying that you know his limited impact was more due to his own troubles than it was to anything Joe Brady was scheming up. And you've also spoken in the past about what a uh, locker room malcontent Stefan Diggs can be. And is that the kind of guy that you really want to set up a young receiver room around to, yeah, sure, maybe learn some skills from the game, but also just from a, a personality standpoint, figure, that, oh, this is what a star receiver should be like. Of the two things you're know. disputing, I am with you on that one, that the personality part of it might be more of a factor. I don't know. You would hope that, They've got enough personalities in the room that are positive that having a guy like that 
we talk about him like he's a monster. Who knows? <laughs> but the media sure makes him out to be a little bit of an egomaniac. But the fact that he is a great receiver, I think, is still the case. He's still, even when he's not catching passes, he's still drawing like double coverage constantly. So a lot of these plays where Baby Legs breaks it long or Trent Sherfield makes a catch, like the games where Gabe Davis did make a play, a lot of that I don't think happens without a guy like Diggs just soaking up attention. He is just drawing attention from the defense, making it easier for other guys on the offense to do what they got to do. Now, how long well, does that go on for? If he starts, paid decoy then. Yeah, well, you only got one more year of it and you've got to revamp the receiver core. So I don't know. This is a good question for the listeners. What do you do with him? If you do trade him, I don't know what you can really get for him. Like what team wants to, to sign him for one year if this reputation of him being an oh, ego I bet, problem. I bet you can get definitely, I wouldn't say a first round pick, but I definitely think you could get a second round pick from a team that is eager to uh, have a one year rental for a guy who they think might still be a superstar at the very least a third round draft pick. And I would take either of those two options at this point. See, I think I'm still more in the camp of like you try to use that guy while you have him because he's still the most talented receiver you have or will have next year. Do you at least agree with that? If you don't think he's great, is he regardless of what yeah, happens yeah, in the draft, the best yeah, receiver on the Bills he's roster? He's their best. He is the best receiver on the Bills roster. Yeah, definitely. so you're still, if you still think you're in your Super Bowl window, you don't go trading away pieces like that for picks. I, I say you yeah, use and I'm, To be honest, I'm not sure what the salary cap implications would be of trading him either. Um, I would assume that they'd get some kind of cap relief, but it could be the way that his uh, contract has been structured with bonuses and stuff that they actually get nailed with a cap charge. So I have to look further into that. Anyway, but I don't know, man. I, I just I'm not very high on Stefan Diggs right now. Well, I, I'm he's not my favorite player on the roster either, but he sure has provided the Bills with some highlight real plays, and he has been their most consistent receiver on a team that really hasn't had great receivers. I mean, they've just been well, putting pieces together behind him. You could say Gabe Davis is maybe the second best receiver they've had with Josh, and even he, I think we're talking about letting him go. So after that, it's just been guys. Yeah, let's jump right to it, though, shouldn't we? Because, I mean, we're we're spending a lot of time talking about a guy who so far is still on this roster, and, and unless something I think the majority would say is unexpected in that, you know, Stefan Diggs gets traded, he's probably going to be on this roster. So we should probably get to the Gabe Davises of this whole thing and and see who stays and who goes from a free agency's perspective, shouldn't we? So at receiver, if you want to start there, Gabe Davis and Trent Sherfield are both out of a contract and, uh, in and my, out of Buffalo. In my opinion, you let them both go. You don't need either of those guys, yeah. but you do we need agree. to replace that position. You need a big bodied receiver who can block and be a little more consistent in big moments than Gabe Davis. Um, but I'm fine with letting those guys go because they're talking about Gabe Davis commanding like potentially $12 million a year, something like that. And there's no way the Bills can pay him, nor should they. So that's an easy one. Yeah, absolutely. Gabe Davis, I think he's probably going to make somewhere in the neighborhood between 15 and 17 and a half million per year because Christian Kirk came from Arizona, signed a deal 
like three years ago with the Jaguars for 17 and a half million a year. And people just widely mocked that he ended up becoming a very good player for them. And, and the deal actually looks quite reasonable now, but I think people look at Gabe Davis and see a lot of untapped potential still in him. And they would give him that Christian Kirk deal in a second, some of these teams. So I don't think he's worth that money. And I don't necessarily want him, even if he gives somewhat of a, a hometown discount. So he gone. But Trent Sherfield was, you know, one of those dudes who take a flyer out on every offseason, it seems, one year to a to a veteran who was kind of underutilized in his former offense and see if it works out. It did not work out for him in Buffalo, and I wish him all the best. He but did make one of the greatest him. plays of the season, though, that <laughs> touchdown catch in Miami with a toe drag at the back sure. of the end zone. That was amazing. Sure. Uh, other yeah. than that, though, no. yeah, that Thanks not a guy you need Trent. to have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for me, this is kind of interesting too because I'm thinking about letting both of these dudes walk, and I've been playing a little bit around with uh, some salary cap manager stuff online, and I also have the Bills releasing uh, Deontay Hardy to save them. Nearly four point two million dollars, and he would be under contract on for one more year, right? He's on a two-year deal. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a two-year deal. What about Andy right, Isabella? So is he also on a two-year? Andy deal? Isabella's on. Andy Isabella is listed on their roster, so I imagine he's got one more year. He's got one more year, and yeah. he kind of does what Hardy does. I don't know he didn't get as much playing time as Hardy, but uh, for less money, you could keep him around and say, if you need a guy like that. He could be that guy, and you could right. save money by getting rid of Hardy. Hardy's too little anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Too expensive, really. I mean, it's not anything about his size or playing ability. I don't necessarily think that he was used uh, so well last season, but he's just expensive, dude. He's $6 million on the cap. Yeah. So we say get rid of Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield and Gabe Davis, and you even right. want to trade Diggs. I mean... This yeah, dude, I'm part. serious. Yeah, this is. Hey, I think you just want to try out for the team. Gut this room. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I said no. Uh, gut this receiver room, and I say go for like what the Packers have done in back-to-back drafts, which is draft multiple receivers. Uh, premium, uh, a guy in a premium position. I think they have a couple second rounders, or maybe just one second rounder, and then a third rounder, and then a guy later on in the middle rounds. I'm totally fine with that if they don't end up going the route where they find a guy that they like in round one. But I definitely think you need to leave this draft with multiple receiving options. Two. And that's I regardless. Say two. You got to yeah. get two. You got to go in the first round and you got to go somewhere in the middle rounds to get another one. Don't forget, they did draft Justin Shorter last year. And there were a lot of reports right. that he was starting to really come into his own. He is a big bodied receiver who... Had a great Huge. year in Florida before they, he was drafted. So you never know. He could blossom just like how Isaiah Hodgins and Gabe Davis did. Middle round draft picks that turned out to be pretty useful. Um, so I, I'm fine with getting rid of these guys. I don't agree with getting rid of Diggs. But I do think they need to prioritize drafting at least two receivers in this draft. One of Absolutely. whom needs to be a first round pick. Yeah, we can talk about that a little bit more. But I, I definitely agree that receivers top priority this offseason um all right so 
from receiver, do you want to go to offensive line or what do you want to do? Where do you want to go with uh, this? Like skill positions here because we're supposed to lose Ty Johnson, Latavius Murray, and Damian Harris all on expiring deals. You want to hang on to any of them? Uh, No. Latavius Murray, well, it depends on what Ty Johnson would be commanding. Ty Johnson, I like Ty Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So depending on what he's asking for, I think that that's a guy you could bring back. But I also just think running back overall is so disposable and there's so many good options out anyway. Like, I mean, Latavius Murray and and Damian Harris both came as free agents on, on pretty reasonable deals. And I think you could probably get that once again. The Bills also have Darrington Evans. Uh, I think uh, on their roster right now and he was a guy who was drafted to be a potential replacement for Derrick Henry at one point and has shown some flashes when he's been given chances so I, I don't think that you have to bring back Ty Johnson but if he's very reasonable to his request sure that's yeah I'd, I'd be in, in favor of keeping him around but not for a lot like you're saying um, but it, as far as like you know, off the street running backs go. He's the best that I've seen the Bills land in a long, long time. Uh, he had a lot of juice. So I don't know. I'd love it if he could hang around. Uh, they're going to lose Kyle Allen. That's a shame. The Allen brothers will no longer be quarterback one and two for the Bills. Yeah. They never did try any trick plays where one pretends to be the other. I was hoping for that. Oh, but... damn. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Yeah, I don't think you need to keep him around. You can find anyone to come play quarterback too. Do we keep him? <sighs> I love Q Morris. I know you're a huge fan ever since you met him in the flesh. Shook his hand, I believe, right? Definitely did, yeah. Went in for a bro hug and he he kind of shot you down there. I mean, it depends um, on how you interpret what happened there. I thought it was a good hug, but others <laughs> disagreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think you need to bring him back unless you're getting rid of Reggie Gilliam, who I've been trying to purge from this. You need for a third tight end seasons. on this team. So I like Q Morris, yeah, sure. but he hasn't really been featured. Um, you can't just have Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid, though, with the amount of tight end you want to use. So I th- I'm i in favor of keeping Quentin Morris, but it's not like a priority thing, like kind of like Ty Johnson for me. But it should be noted get rid that of him, they also have Zach Davidson listed on the roster ooh. and a guy who, who I told you about. I can't remember what his name is. I'm looking for him here. Like McKittree or something. Do you remember I was talking about him a second ago? Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty is also listed on this roster as a tight end. So they've got a couple guys that they seem to have signed to futures deals. So if they do let Quentin Morris walk, he is not, uh, you know, the, the tight end room is all right, but you need still full. You need it. There is a big drop off in my mind between there's a big drop off between Dawson Knox and Quentin Morris. That's for sure. But then from Quentin Morris yes. down to either of these two guys whose names we can't pronounce and have not played. Uh, is there? How do we know? Like Quentin Morris has, has made good plays for the fine. Bills. He's had touchdowns. He's been he scored touchdowns. When he's okay, well, I think either of these guys could probably luck their way into a touchdown as well if they got the chance. I so, don't know. I, I mean, like, I don't think Quentin Morris, he's an undrafted dude. It's not like he's got such a pedigree that he is a dude that they have to keep around because he's a. a a hidden gem. But now the Bills need tight ends more than they have in the past. Like in the past, they had Dawson Knox, they just played him or whatever, and then whoever your backup tight ends were, it was like, fine, let them play a little bit. And Quentin Morris got some experience doing that. 
Well, now you need three who you can count on being on the field. And Quentin Morris has that experience now that he can be a third tight end in certain situations. But if you don't want to keep him, and I'm not saying he's like critical to the Bills operation by any means, but if you don't want to keep him and you want to use tight ends like crazy, you need another tight end. So this might be something they have to also go get either in free agency or in the draft. Yeah, no, I I don't I don't think so. You think they just are going to start with Dawson Knox and Duncan Cade and try to run two tight end sets and be fine with Zach Davidson is your number three tight end. Sure. Why not, dude? Like they've invested way too much in tight end already. They've got a first round tight end and they've got a tight end who they signed to an albatross of a contract already. So I think any more investment in the tight end position is wasteful go with these two top dogs and assume that you're probably not going to be starting both of them at the same time anyway i know the idea is oh we want them both on the field at the same time oh, see uh, i still think that's the idea tight end that should be the like idea that. yeah that should be what I don't they're think doing it should be because i think when they tried to do that that was when dalton kincaid's uh production was at its lowest. Like Dalton Kincaid played really well once Dawson Knox went down. Once Dawson Knox came back, nobody's really talking about it, but Kincaid's production plunged again. So obviously it didn't work out year one of the two tight end uh, idea. And, you know, maybe it works out in year two, but like I said, I, I think you're better off probably letting those two top dogs sub in and out for each other and rolling with a couple nobodies behind them that's fine with me. all right i really would love to see your ideal starting lineup like first play of the 2024 season bills walk out on offense who's Two on the field systems. there's no receivers available <laughs> <laughs> and we only have no, two tight ends are who are to, alternating don't you worry We're, when we get to the draft you're gonna see that the bills are going to have some options at the receiver position. All right. So it's a bunch of young receivers is your, you yeah. just draft a ton of those guys. All right. That's I'm very high on the Packers approach. Okay. Yeah. All right. So after skill position, we've got offensive line and the bills, in my opinion, are going to have to say goodbye to, I wouldn't call him a key contributor, but like a, Pretty solid pickup from last season. David Edwards Edwards came over from the Rams, I think it was, on a one-year deal, and he was a very good um, kind of like swing tackle for them, very good sixth offensive lineman, and I liked what he did, but he was, I don't think that they can afford. He was this year's, this year's uh, most most snaps as an eligible receiver on the offensive line if i remember correctly it's there's nice. always some it was tommy doyle for a couple years and then he ended up catching a touchdown in that playoff game against the patriots which was hilarious but i still don't quite understand why they have to do that why they have to announce that this guy I coming on the field is is not an offensive yeah. lineman he's a receiver like i get you can only have five guys on the line of scrimmage who are blockers ask the, ask the why can't we just assume that? that once he's out there he is a receiver he's not like they don't make Gabe Davis announce that he's a receiver, right? Or or right. Dalton Kincaid, yeah. if you're saying it's because he's lined up next to the offensive line, are we just profiling this guy? I mean, like he's too fat. He's gonna have to tell us if he's a receiver Oof. or not. But anyway, Fair he was our guy. He you're was, asking the right questions, bro. Um, I got all kinds of questions. That's what I'm looking for answers for. 
But um, David Edwards was that guy this season. A lot of David Edwards lining up as the eligible receiver. So if you get rid of him, who's running those go routes? That's my question. We're, we're down another <laughs> pass catcher. Uh, yeah, I guess it's back to Tommy Doyle, right? But uh, he's recovering from an injury currently. He's always recovering from it. Is he ever coming back? I know. I thought they like released him with an injury settlement because I don't even no, see him on no, rosters anymore. He is? Yep, he's still on there. All right, well, maybe he can resume his integral role as pass-catching offensive <laughs> lineman next season. Right. You can get rid of David Edwards. Have- That's fine. Season, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right, now to the defense. Yeah, this is where it's a mass exodus. There are not very many players who will be coming back next year if the cal- if the salary cap is uh, preventing us re- from re-signing guys because starting with just the defensive line, I'm counting know, one, their two, defensive three, line is four, five, six, seven, eight, eight guys who whose contracts just expired and played right. defensive line for the Bills. So you got guys like... Linval Joseph, Tim Settle, Puna Ford, uh, Shaq Lawson. I think those are easy, like, don't even bother calling those guys. We'll eventually get Shaq Lawson back sometime in October, I'm sure. That's how it always works. But then you've got really tricky situations like Leonard Floyd, who basically, he was like, I got no loyalty to any team. I'm a mercenary. I go to the highest bidder. Call me in, you know, when training camp is over, whichever team is paying me the most, and I'm going there. And he was excellent last year. So I saw in a couple articles that they should make it a priority to get him, but I don't think they should because I don't think they can afford him. And I don't see any reason why you can't save that money. That would be a huge contract you'd have to give to him, I'm sure. And you've got Greg Rousseau. You have to assume he can do his thing. Um, I think right now you're planning on Von Miller coming back. And if they're going to be good, you're going to have to have the money that's being spent on Von Miller turn into product guy that I want back. Okay, I believe that AJ Epinesa has definitely priced him out of what the Bills are going to be able to pay him. I would like to see him back as well, though. Uh, Leonard Floyd, our guy Joe Buscaglia, who I'm probably going to be ripping on here shortly when when we turn to uh, the defensive back position, has a really good series going on right now where he breaks down uh, the Bills kind of outlook on each position and at defensive line he had some interesting stuff or i think they called it edge rather uh edge he had some interesting stuff to say about leonard floyd and how kind of like the numbers didn't really speak to the whole uh picture of what was going on in buffalo and that like letting floyd go might be best in the long run for the development of greg rousseau and uh their run stopping unit and stuff like that so I'm fine with letting Leonard Floyd go. He he had a really productive season and put up great sack numbers, but I also think he's, you know, priced himself out of what the Bills can do. The two guys that I really want, AJ Epinesa, as I said, too expensive, and Daquan Jones. I think Daquan Jones is more of a uh a realistic kind of re-signing. Um I think that he's he's had his best production in buffalo and the bills it showed the bills how useful he was to them when he went down last season i wouldn't say no to giving linval joseph a veteran minimum if he's willing to come back he's like 35 years old but i feel like when they signed him off the street in the middle of last season it kind of uh 
settled things down at the uh, interior defensive line position because the Bills were just kind of a mess with Tim Settle and Puna Ford and uh, Jordan Phillips trying to fill in for Daquan Jones. And Linval really brought in that big size that they were missing without Jones. So I wouldn't mind if they could bring him back on like the veteran minimum. Yeah, I... I've always liked Jordan Phillips and he just wasn't able to fill in the way they needed him to. But I just don't think that's the type of player that he's supposed to be is filling a role like Daquan Jones. I think if you could next year go with Daquan and Jordan Phillips in the middle again, I would be okay with that. I mean, obviously you got Ed Oliver. So no, no, I say, I say let Jordan walk, but well, that's the problem. I'm saying if, if you could go into next year again with one more year of old men alongside Ed Oliver and go with Jordan Phillips behind Ed oh, Oliver you, and Daquan Jones okay. in the middle. That'd be fine, but there's no way they can afford all that. If they can fit just AJ Epineza and Daquan Jones, that's the dream because it sounds like that's almost impossible with the numbers and what the salary is that those guys would command. But yeah. those are the two guys I care about resigning. I think you can let Phillips go. Um, you can let Floyd go as painful as that would be. And then all the other guys, whatever. Um, but, Daquan and AJ Epineza would be my priority. And this is one of those positions that I think it's time to target a guy. We need to to get someone for the interior of that defensive line in the draft. So in my mind, I'm thinking like receiver and you got to go get an interior defensive lineman this year too. That's a position they've constantly talked know. about I, and never really pulled the trigger on. I think that edge is just as uh, uh, pressing right now of a need as interior is if, if you let if you Epineza go like, then absolutely yeah absolutely and I think they have to I don't think they're gonna really have a choice there so like if you can imagine them re-signing Daquan Jones and pairing him with Ed Oliver again then you basically say to yourself that interior defensive line is set maybe it's not like perfect but it's set for what we need right now and then you have to turn your sights to getting a guy on the edge to uh, play across from Greg Rousseau yeah, because you can't really bank on Von Miller being the guy at this point. Yeah, yeah. The Von Miller thing is very frustrating. Um, so I don't know. I guess we disagree on, on this one a little bit, mostly because you may be a little bit more pragmatic about it than I am. I sort of have this pie in the sky idea that you might be able to make this all work a little bit more than you do. But um, I have yeah, not crunched the numbers yet on the cap like you have. I also don't fully understand exactly how they manage all that. Like, dude, <laughs> it's a little bit of I'm magic. I'm still trying to figure it out because, like, the Saints, what they've been able to do for the last five, six, maybe even longer years has been insane. And I think they're currently at something like 70 million over the cap, but they're not worried about it. And they always sign guys. So it's, I don't know, the cap is, it's all made up. Okay. Well, then let's sign them all back. Get up and as a, get Daquan Jones. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but sure, the deep, sure, the sure, front sure. of the defense is going to look a lot different next year. That's for sure. So be prepared for that. Well, so is linebacker, Graham. Yes. Uh, we got Tyrell Dodson, Tyler Medikevich, and AJ Klein mm-hmm. all leaving and fine. Let them all go, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you still have plenty yeah. of linebackers. They've drafted that position pretty heavily over the last few years. So it's time for... Balen Spector, Dorian Williams, and Terrell Bernard to play that position for a full season and be healthy. And you have to hope Milano comes back and he's ready to go too. Yeah. The time of 
investing heavily in special teams only players should die with Tyler Medikevich's contract. Um, I've been trying to cut this guy for the last three seasons. <laughs> Finally, his contract has expired and he's no longer going to count again, like three, two to three million uh, against the cap every single season. So thanks, Tyler, for the memories. See you later. Uh, Tyrell Dodson definitely probably priced himself, definitely priced himself out of what the Bills can afford to offer him and, and get him to come back to Buffalo because as you keep pointing out, he was the what number two linebacker at the at season's That's end. Right. That's yeah. the guy. So good on him. Cover a Madden twenty five. Tyrell. Uh and yeah. oh god. <laughs> and then AJ Klein just he's done. He's got no more yeah, legs. AJ Klein he, was, you know, you do what you've been doing with AJ Klein. You cut him, you tell him sure. get, just go keep renting in Buffalo. And the minute everyone's hurt, because we love to draft. But dude, that linebacker. was brutal in Kansas City, or it was brutal against Kansas City. He's not your plan. He's just you don't want AJ Klein being yeah, the guy in the field. Know. But he had a great game. Uh, was it the week before Kansas City? He was he the was Steelers. awesome. Yeah, yeah. He played pretty solid. And then you know he eventually got roasted. But so fine, yeah. let him go. Yeah, we agree. All three of them. They go. Um, the secondary is where it gets pretty interesting because, I mean, you got Trey White, whose contract is not expiring, but we don't even know if he'll be able to play. He came off an ACL tear and then followed that with an Achilles tear, and he's 29. Yeah. So most people are thinking he's not playing next year, but you read articles that say he could be in the lineup. Um, so I don't know. A lot of it, to me, is dependent yeah. on where he's at in his progression. But as far as cornerbacks go, you're just losing Dane Jackson and Cam Lewis mercifully will be off this run. What would you do with these two guys? Uh, let them both. Well, here's the thing. Cam <laughs> Lewis has been the subject of much ire from this podcast over the last two I take two no seasons. pride in shredding a fellow UB alum, <laughs> but this guy deserves it constantly here's my thing with him though i know everybody loves that he can he can play every I was whatever just say so it's, versatile. No, it's so yeah right <laughs> i'm i myself am now falling me too i can play any position i just won't do it well but that's how it yeah. is for him you yeah. could you could line me up at any position and i could try it uh but cam lewis <laughs> stop right. saying he it. is versatile and including cornerback on that list Get it off out of the vocabulary. We need to stop saying this guy can do everything. He can do special teams. Sure, that's fine. He can do special teams. He can be your fourth safety. Fine, I guess. If everyone's hurt, Cam Lewis can be your fourth safety. Stop saying he can play nickel corner because he can't do it. So if you want him to be your last safety on the list and play special teams, fine. But I don't want to hear anymore that he's the most versatile player on this roster because every time he goes in the game, he gets torched. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Screw it. I, I figured you could bring him back on a pretty reasonable deal and basically fill half a position at safety or cornerback. Stop saying corner. Safety, and, I, you can make the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I agree with you. We've roasted him enough to know that he uh, he's an absolute weak spot anytime he's on the field. So 
Say goodbye. Don't have to worry about it. And you already anymore. have that. You already have Saran Neal for that. He's already the special teams can't really play corner guy. No, you don't. Not on my oh, not on my Saran Neal too. <laughs> list of things to do. Because Saran Neal, you're counting almost three million against the cap, baby. You gone. Wow. All right. Well, we gotta really get into the the this deep is... dive of the we'll do our episode where we really officially retool this roster but at least for today yeah, yeah. can we agree cam lewis doesn't come back okay yes we can fine. agree on that so cam lewis is gone dane jackson he's gone too he he was fine you know uh, whatever yeah <laughs> but he was never a guy that was really um going to give you valuable I mean, starter for snaps. a seventh he round pick kind of what like, a great use of that pick he was sure. around and played but valuable you know snaps over the time he was do here. it with do it with another yeah. seventh round draft pick. i mean they're doing it now with christian benford uh, but better he's a sixth rounder but and no better yet do it with kair elam <laughs> you know train yeah. him up start make your former first round pick worthy we clap like seals when a seventh round pick pans out yeah. and is decent but then the first round pick doesn't even see the field and we don't talk about yeah. that enough probably so yeah fine let dane jackson go and then your corners next year are Razul Douglas, Christian Benford, Kyrie Elam, um, Trey, technically, but you're going to need. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> and you're, you're getting rid of him too, huh? Trey, Trey White, oh, man, he's a legend. Bill's legend, just the personality puts him high on the list for me in like the all-time Bill's category, but. I don't know. I don't think we know enough. We don't we don't have the inside knowledge enough to know how capable he will be next season. So that's going to be a tough move for us to make. No. Dude, I can't think of like a worse injury to come back from for an almost 30-year-old cornerback because like with all the planting and cutting and turning and stuff that you have to do as a defensive back, especially as a cornerback, can you imagine him doing that at like the high level that we had come to expect from him before even his ACL injury after the age of 30. What's worse, an like, Achilles or an ACL? I would imagine an Achilles. Yeah, that seems worse. Like, yeah, you can't jump. I don't know. It's it's just wild stuff. I, I get really uncomfortable thinking about Achilles yeah, as well. Yeah, that scene from, what was it, Hostel, that movie? Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, Ugh, it's like living rent free in my <laughs> mind. Um, but Tredavious White is kind of interesting because they could cut him now, and I think they would save something like five million against the cap. But if they make him a post June first uh, cut designation, they could save something like double that. So that's the move in my mind. And you know, it's tough because, as you said, Tredavious White is like all time in terms of Bill's personalities. Great guy. It was really good for the Bills, but just devastating injuries, man. It's tough. Joe Buscaglia thinks that the Bills should re-sign Tredavious White to like a contract that has a bunch of void years and stuff to spread out his cap hit. But like his whole justification is, oh, we don't know. Maybe he can come back and be like a good player because he's only 29 years old. But like in the same article, Joe Buscaglia is also talking about Razul Douglas and how you can approach his potential contract uh, extension or something like that and saying like, well, Razul Douglas is almost 30, so you never know. <laughs> like, what? They're both 29, but one's almost 30 kind of and weird. one's just 29. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So never forget, Taron Johnson Weird is still stuff. under contract. That's huge, but this is his last year. Sure. So they're gonna have to start talking about if they can extend him or not. Um, but the cornerback position, I think yeah. you're okay with your starters if it's Rasul Douglas, Christian Benford, Taron Johnson, and then you know Kyer Elam plays as your third outside corner. Um, but they're gonna need to sign somebody right. there, whether it's a draft pick or in the free agency to to bolster that just a tad if you get rid of Dane Jackson. Right. And and yeah, I just think that the Bills with their outside of Kyrie Elam, their ability to develop late round defensive backs, they could go that direction in the draft or they could go for any one of the number of dudes who were once highly selected draft picks who didn't pan out with their original teams and are going to be hitting free agency yeah. this year. Uh, and maybe there you could take a toolsy guy and, and get him to do what you need him to as a backup corner in Buffalo. All right. And that just leaves us with safety. You're losing Micah Hyde and Taylor Rapp. Um, some people have said maybe you could bring Taylor Rapp back, but he really, he, he didn't have a great year in Buffalo and no, he stunk. Uh, he made a couple plays, but he's not. He's he's more of the heavy hitter than he is the flying in the backfield, making picks, coverage safety, and right. that's what Hyde is. And you need a guy who can replace that. So you already have Poyer for one yeah. more year. This is a spot that I think we both agree. You let both of these guys go, and you focus on drafting a talented safety who can hopefully replace him. Exactly right. Taylor Rapp is like a bad carbon copy of uh, Jordan Poyer. As you said, he's he's more of like the close to the line of scrimmage, almost like a hybrid linebacker kind of dude. Uh, and Micah Hyde is really the one who's sort of the, the uh, what do they call it? It's not like the outfield. free safety versus a strong safety kind of thing. Yeah, but they have like a baseball kind of term that they use for it sometimes. I don't know. But yeah, he's he's more of the coverage dude, and that's the kind of guy that you need to gun for, in my mind, in the draft. Yeah. So we're letting a lot of guys go, and uh, they, there are no expiring special teams player, but should we get rid of Tyler Bass while we're at it? Yeah, I wish, but he's uh, if you get rid of him after that stupid contract they signed him to, uh, I believe he ends up costing you nearly four million against the cap. Boy, I made a lot of apologies for Tyler Bass, but I think I'm out of excuses for that guy. This was a bad year, and you can say maybe it's Matthew Smiley and you get somebody else. I say just burn the whole department, the whole special teams department. <laughs> Got to burn it to the ground and start fresh. Get rid of them all. And uh, Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, even Saran Neal. We didn't talk about much besides to say that he's gone on my list. Like the idea, as I said, of having special teams only players or a guy like Saran Neal who may get in for one or two snaps a game on defense, those days are gone. Like, especially with the way this roster is bloated in terms of contracts and stuff, you cannot afford that. That is a luxury that you can no longer afford. Your strategy should be just blasting them out of the end zone, whether it's a kickoff or a punt, in my mind. And uh, like populating your special teams with dudes who are on rookie contracts and or fringe roster guys, not guys who are three million, two million each year just to play special teams. Well, Bass isn't going anywhere, probably. So 
Uh, nope. He'll have to redeem himself next season, but um, it's no longer going to be me making apologies for him. He's going to have to convince me. I'm done. That's very, yeah. that's very big. So uh, we are going to start the offseason off by taking a look at the players that we both agreed should be gone, looking at all the holes in the roster. We'll do a very early, unofficial mock draft on our own time, and before the next epi, we'll maybe re- reveal how we were able to fill some of those spots and start talking about players who will be eligible in the draft and uh, get acclimated to some of the names that start popping up on those lists, even though a lot can change between now and the actual draft. We haven't even gotten to the combine yet, so it's pretty early, but I think it'll be more fun to explore this earlier on rather than right up to the draft this year. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm already messing around with some draft simulators and stuff like that. This is the draft is fun. Stuff. It's the most fun time of, time of the off season for sure. I'm sure everybody agrees with that. But the uh, I think free agency is like just behind it, though. Like when when free agency first starts, even like the legal tamper tampering period and stuff that begins, I believe, shortly uh, after the combine. That's awesome where like every time you update pro football talk or whatever, it's, it's just signing after signing after signing. And you're just looking at the numbers and thinking, what this guy got, how much? Yeah. I don't get into that stuff as much as you, but I guess that's what makes, oh, that's what makes it. this podcast so great. The difference obviously in, uh, in our interests, yeah. the variance, yep. I all games. I love it. It's perfect. We both love when the bills that and address with respect to the safeties. Yeah, uh, I figured that oh, we'd okay. save that maybe for the next one. But I guess since you're talking <laughs> about it now, why not, right? For your free agency pods, are we far enough removed from the DeMar Hamlin incident that we can finally cut him and it not be a bad look? That came from Matt D. Perk. Thanks very much, Matt, for your question. I don't know, Graham. I, I feel like we both talked about this last offseason where like, can you cut him after after training camp or I'm looking at like our that. projections last uh, year and I did not have him on my projected roster last year. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think he'd make the team. Uh, you did. So, uh, but I think we discussed that like you probably should let him go. It just is a little bit of a bad look, but yeah. here's my thing. Like we both agree he shouldn't be on the team. I think, right. Cause we were talking about cutting him last year, even and he didn't really do anything this year. The only question is, like, would the league get roasted because he's such an important figure in league history? But he didn't even win comeback player of the year this season. Right. Like, exactly. He was I think a shoo-in. Everybody thought. And he's, he's, his story is a little forgotten, right? Like, you didn't even win comeback player of the year. Exactly. So, yep. yeah, I think you can get rid of him. He's right. enough of a enough of a. Our collective memory is so short. We don't short even remember the great resurrection the of the well 2022 yeah. season. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you can get rid of him. Yep, that's fine. So are back there by himself. Yeah, I. This is the thing, though. I don't know that they necessarily need to get rid of him. It's kind of like if you were gonna get rid of him, then you'd want to kind of do it after he almost died and probably isn't physically or mentally ready to play football, but he's on a very affordable contract. He's got just one more year and who knows, maybe two years away from almost dying. He's going to be a much better player. So at this point, it's kind of like, why not just keep him around? Keep him in. 
He only saved you a million off the cap. That's so. Our next episode is going to have to be a much more official and uh, you know point by point, oh, dollar yeah. by dollar analysis of the Bills situation. We can maybe re. Well, I think we the should b- talk about how we how we make a bunch of cap space for this Buffalo team and and what they can do with that in either free agency or yeah these very early on mock drafts that we're both going to be rolling out. All right. I'm much more excited about the draft, but the free agency stuff does have to happen. So yes, it does. All right. So thank you to the fans as always. Thanks for sticking with us after a longer break. I think both of us were pretty, uh, yeah, out on the whole NFL scene after the bills made their, I'm still the out playoffs. Didn't, didn't watch, watch the Super Bowl. You didn't watch a bit didn't of it. Not Bowl. one bit. Yep. I did not watch a I bit of it. I will say we did watch a bit of it uh, because Kara really wanted to see the halftime show. So we watched most of the oh, first wow. half and then yeah, the halftime show. kind of crazy to me how much Usher seems to still move the needle. Yeah, um, that guy can move, man. I mean, like she was loving it and the music is very much like the music that was popular when we were in like ninth grade. So for people who were really into pop music back then, that's awesome. I just didn't listen to that music then very often. So for me, she was like, oh, he's playing this or whatever. And I was like, I don't even know this song. I've never heard of it. But he was pretty impressive. He was out there on roller skates at one point, and he looked pretty good. Um, I heard he was very sweaty. Oh, yeah? That's the one thing Uh, that I heard He might have been sweaty. He was very sweaty. That's possible. They did bring out Alicia Keys at one point. And she was pretty shaky. I noticed she started singing and that was not good. But um, Usher, Usher nailed it, Ugh. I think. For for a guy whose music I am vaguely familiar with, I was pretty impressed. So I enjoyed that. All right. Usher, yep, Usher gets that's right. of approval. It's Usher, Usher not so and Prince. And I don't know if there's ever been another good halftime show. Bruce Springsteen. Okay. I don't really remember it very well, but maybe he was good. <laughs> I don't either. I just know that he did one. So There was one where know, Katy Perry was on a big lion. I kind of remember that. Oh, well, then there was Justin oh, Timberlake God. and Janet Jackson. Well, uh, I don't know. Halftime shows. Miss me with halftime But we did shows. watch some of the game. The first half, we watched a little bit of Against My Will, and then I turned it off. And I'm glad I did, too, because the second half would have made me nuts. I can't believe that the stupid game went to overtime. The Chiefs stupid won it again. It's unbelievable and infuriating. Yeah. Stupid won it. Done with it. Uh, it's well Sabres season, baby. And they are way out of the playoff hunt, oh but that's God. still way more exciting to me than NFL offseason. Yeah. I I looked at my very first, I think first ever hockey article on the uh the athletic yesterday. And it was something about like uh, power ranking the NHL, and I just clicked on it for you know giggles and saw that. The Sabers were at twenty six, right. I believe. They're moving and up. I feel like this is the, this is the, but this is the like tenth year in a row. I feel like I've heard Sabers fans. You know what the best oh, part of you know, Sabers season is? You don't get this with the NFL, but you yeah. do with the NHL, where they have this pool of prospects that you're constantly following, like all the young kids. Every year, the Bills or Sabers prospect pool is like top one top two and all the experts are like boy this this franchise is gonna mm. blow up these guys are gonna be so good and it's for like 10 straight years of that so i don't know they're they're fun to watch sometimes ub basketball is yeah. terrible but at least march madness is kind of coming so i'll look forward to that don't that's, care that's what's going on over here don't care all right well again thanks to the fans 
Go Bills. Go Bills.